0: maybe you're a listener at saint bridget church and you would like to call in and make a donation in honor of your pastor who's joining me for this hour father neil hurley thank you so much father for being here joining us for the spirit drive this Greg, year
1: it's my privilege to be here
0: and father how long have you been at saint bridget's parish now
1: I'm in mean, my seventh year now.
0: Seventh year? Yes. And I was reading, I had to do a little bit of research on your father. You have a, a later devotion in life, or a a, a later priesthood in life. Later vocation, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. And how old were you when you became a priest?
1: I was actually 54 when I became a priest. Wow. wow. I had uh, spent uh, about 20 years in the business world uh, uh, um, before uh, entering the seminary. You were at Arthur Anderson, weren't you? No, I was at Arthur Young. Arthur Young. Arthur Young. And um, when I was 22, getting out of college, I thought seriously about the priesthood. But at the time, Greg, I didn't think I had the, the emotional or spiritual maturity to really be counseling couples. I couldn't see myself at that time mm. counseling couples, married 30 years, having trouble with their marriage, counseling people that are struggling with unemployment or, or illness in their family or, or death in their family. I didn't have the life experience. Yeah. And I I had a business degree, I I liked business, I gravitated toward business. So I got involved in the business world, in finance and accounting. And I spent most of that time traveling, about 70% of the time. Mm. And then toward the end of that time, I I was able to switch jobs and I was only traveling 5% of the time. At that point I was able to get more involved in, in my parish, which at the time was Holy Family in Marietta. And I got involved in many of the ministries. I got involved with the Knights of Columbus. I got involved with the St. Vincent Paul Society, working with the poor. Mm. I got involved with the um, uh, with the um, um, uh, pro-life ministry. I became an extraordinary minister of Holy Communion. And I also became a sponsor for RCIA, for of mm. Christian Initiation for Adults. And I thought that would be relatively easy. I would, uh, my, my catechumen would ask me questions, maybe about baptism and confirmation, and I would answer them. It wouldn't be too too much of a difficulty. I found it very challenging. He would ask me <laughs> questions that I didn't know. I said, "Yeah, I have to research this. I have to think about it. It caused me to broaden my faith and, and mm. deepen my faith. And it re-enkindled a spark in the possibility of me considering the priesthood again. Mm. And, um,
0: and so you said that you originally had thought about it when you were around 22?
1: Absolutely, yes. I, I didn't feel I had the emotional or spiritual maturity or the life experience yeah. to really uh, and, and, and embrace that vocation at that time. The Lord called me later in life, and, and, and he called me at the right time. And I, I didn't think any of my time in business was wasted. I, I found it very helpful. I was able to uh, learn skills that I couldn't learn in seminary, time management, uh, delegation of duties, uh, dealing with, with with people. It was a great help to to, to me to minister to the, to the people of St. Bridget. It's, it's a large parish, and uh, and the skills I learned in the business world were very helpful. and continued to be very helpful to me. So... Uh, I considered the, uh, the priesthood, uh, as I said, and I was getting more involved in my parish life. I started the sermon process with the Archdiocese of Atlanta, and at the time, uh, Father David Talley was the vocation director. Sure. He's, then he became Monsignor Talley, my predecessor at St. Bridget as the pastor. Now he's Bishop Talley at, at, at uh, Memphis. And I was uh, proceeding to um, get ready to go into the seminary, and my, my dad got very sick, mm. Uh, up in new york
0: and like what what your time frame was this? this
1: was this was in maybe the year uh, about 1998 Okay. so and uh, uh, my brother was taking care of my, my dad up in new york uh, he was married and um uh he his wife died very suddenly of a brain aneurysm and he needed help uh himself uh and, and for help my father so I decided to go up did to help Did he have him, kids is, when, when his wife died? No, he did not have kids, but, but, uh, but uh, he, he was devastated by the loss yeah, of sure, his wife. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, a bubble bursting in the brain, yeah. uh, essentially. And um, so he needed some help in care for my father. So I went back to New York. It took to be six to nine months. It was actually a little over two years. Mm. And I was here 30% of the time. I was continued to work. I, I stayed here enough to, to pay my bills. But 70% of the time, I was up in, in, in New York. Uh, and then eventually, my father got progressively worse and passed away, he passed away in, 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 in uh, February of two thousand mm. and uh, and um, uh, by April of two thousand, I was back here in Atlanta full time and in, in uh, August, I was in seminary mm. and Father Tallio, the vocation director at the time uh, I would go back and visit every time I came back to New York, came back from New York he was uh, very helpful in in uh, in uh, uh, in um, um, uh, quickening the process of of, uh, of admission to the seminary. Mm. So I was able to, to, to get into the seminary in August, and I went to St. Vincent's Seminary in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, and uh, the training information was, was very good, very very valuable. Uh, it, was, it was run by the Benedictine monks, but it also had many diocesan priests studying for the seminary. And the, um, uh, the 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 Benedictines were known for their, their, their great spirituality, their great prayer discipline. So I learned from the Benedictines prayer discipline, uh, great spirituality, an outreach to the poor, and um, uh, great compassion for people. Uh, also, there were many diocesan priests on the seminary, including the vice rector. He was a, a priest from from diocese of Pittsburgh, <clears throat> and and he uh, uh, made the made us uh, focus on uh pastoral sensitivity.
0: And so you're in your forties at this point. Late forties yeah, I'm guessing. Late forties. Yeah. I
1: actually went in at 49, yeah. forty nine. Yeah. And I got a date in fifty I had spent five years in seminary uh, there was two years of pre-theology, four years of theology. They they accepted my credits from 20 years before, <laughs> so I was able to cut off a year of pre-theology, and they did four years of theology.
0: Now, speaking right now with Father Neil Hurley, he is the pastor at St. Bridget's Parish in the Archdiocese of Atlanta during the Quest Atlanta's Family Strong Spirit Drive. Still taking your calls right now, 470-508-1160. Father? Mm-hmm.
1: So when I considered the priesthood, I I was fortunate to have two uncles that were priests. My mother's brother was a priest of the Archdiocese of of New York, Hmm. and my father's brother was a Dominican priest. Um, My mother's brother served primarily as a chaplain in World War II and then in in parishes after that in in the Archdiocese of New York. My father's brother uh, was basically a a, a mission preacher. He was a a very articulate preacher, very, uh, very good and did, did he
0: preach abroad or mostly, in the United States? Mostly
1: in the United States on the East Coast. Yeah, okay. And, and then, then he did some parish work, too. And they didn't see each other very much, but every once in a while they would come to our apartment in New York mm-hmm. and and compare notes and
0: talk about their, their, their experiences. So So... so. One was your dad's brother and one was your mom's brother. Yes, yes. Did they know each other before oh, yes. uh, before they, I mean before yeah. your parents got married? I mean or was well, it because No, because
1: yes. That's that's fascinating yes, to me yeah, yeah, like, cuz yeah, a lot of times yeah. you'll hear stories like yeah oh, I have yeah, a couple yeah,
0: uncles yeah, who are brothers yeah, yeah. Uh, that that became yeah. priests but yeah. the fact that you had priests on both sides of yes. your parents that's <clears throat> growing right. up that had to have yeah. Absolutely. had a, a huge impact yes. on you. Yes.
1: They talked about the challenges and difficulties of being a priest but the joy of the priesthood Yeah. always came out and that had a profound effect on me yeah. when I could say the priesthood. Yeah. I also knew all the, all, all the men that went into the priesthood and did very well, and I, I sought out their counsel and, and, and input. And, uh, so and you what? have one brother? No, I have four brothers four, and sister. Four, four brothers but and sisters. But I sister. had one, okay. one brother taking care of my father. That okay, so, so, role.
0: so it's all those kids yes. seeing these uncles. Absolutely. Giving their lives yes. as priests. Yes. For me, as a father of five. One of the greatest gifts I've had is to have priests around. Yes. To have friends who yes. are priests, to have priests yes. come over for dinner, to have yes. priests in my house. And, and so when I hear a story yep. like yes. you, yeah. Yeah. it's like, it's a I don't want to say envy, it's a yep. ho- it's a holy yeah. admiration. Admiration is yeah. yes. much better to hear, yeah. oh, my goodness, how wonderful that would have yeah. been to have yeah. uncles as priests. Oh, they had a profound influence on me. Unfortunately, they had passed away by the
1: time I, I went into the seminary. But uh, they were uh, wonderful role models. They really were. I bet. And I got ordained by Archbishop Donovan to the the diaconate. And then there was a first priest ordained by Archbishop Gregory here for uh, for the Archdiocese of of Atlanta. And um, I love being a priest, it's a great life. It's challenging and difficult at times, but uh, very rewarding and uh, and, and very fulfilling. I thank God each and every day for, for my vocation.
0: Father, I gotta tell you, I, I'm, I, you know, sometimes you're in a room and or you're around someone and the Holy Spirit just decides to show up. And as I'm listening right now, and as I'm I'm seeing some of your parishioners uh, calling in and making pledges during this fun drive, and they're hearing, you know, you just never know how the Holy Spirit's going to show up and inspire someone. We have people calling in right now, Bob, Bob and Pam. Barbara and Dave, the Curry family, Maureen, um, Rosella called in earlier, Ron called in earlier, that wanting to make pledges on your behalf. Kevin and Jennifer called in earlier, making pledges on your behalf. 470 508 We don't oftentimes, we're not often uh, privileged to hear stories of such emotional resonance as what you're sharing. I mean, you can hear it in your voice. It's like the, the impact of Jesus in your life, the impact of the way that other people have come in your life. And again, I think about just the dearth of my own my my own relatives, my own brothers, who have fallen away from the faith at sure. an early age, who have been away for years. Uh, that what a difference would would it have made in their lives had they had that holy impact those holy models that the and things like catholic radio to listen to that we're that we're surrounded by catholicism and yet oftentimes we just ignore it in this world but in your family it sounds like you you said a few key things you said you're in an apartment you know how how often we're in these one of our biggest difficulties my wife and i we just downsized this year we still have three of our kids are at home Mm -hmm. but downsizing we still feel like there's too much separation between us and the sure, kids, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. How, how people have all these rooms. But you're in an apartment, you have the closeness of a family, your uncles coming to visit, the closeness of that unit, to be able to see the faith in action. How can families mm-hmm. How can families have more of that faith mm-hmm. in action and vibrancy in mm-hmm. their own homes, particularly when they feel separation?
1: Yeah. I remember the, the apartment setting. Uh, where my mother. It was a three-bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. My, my mother and father were in one room, my sister was in the other room. We have five boys in the same room, two sets of bunk beds, and and, and the youngest right in the middle. I wouldn't want to smell that room for anything. (laughs) (laughs) It's bad enough having kids doubled up in our house. I couldn't imagine five
0: boys.
1: (laughs) But one by one, we moved away. My sister left to get married, so my brother moved into that room. Then he went out to, to, to join the military, and then I got the room, so <laughs> it was a graduation process <laughs> Yeah, sure
0: sure but uh, what was your what was your family 's prayer life like? I mean you had the, the very good yeah, the uncles around what did you do as a family yeah, yes, uh, we
1: prayed the rosary every night did you we, absolutely yes, it was um, uh, my mother was a big believer in father Peyton sure, and we had a great devotion to the rosary uh, a great devotion to, to to family life and um that devotion continues in our family to this very day. We still look to Pope Francis, he still stresses the need for strong Catholic families. Just recently he spoke of the family as an institution that prays, keeps faith,
0: and experiences joy. Say it again, Father? He
1: spoke of the Catholic family as an institution that prays, keeps faith, and experiences joy. Hmm. And that's what we did as a family. I remember going up, that kind of summarizes what we did and how we did it.
0: Hmm. that that idea of of the family and that that responsibility and, and listen we all fall short of the glory of god we all fall short of the model sometimes of what we know that we should be doing but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't continue to strive to be better and i think that that's another one of those things that catholic radio helps to remind us of as throughout the course of today even i've been hearing these stories and the idea of okay how is my family praying together, how is my family keeping the faith, mm. how is my family experiencing joy in our daily lives, and then yes. sharing that joy with other people? Yes. How are we being a model? And if all families started questioning themselves honestly in that right. way, what a difference it's gonna make in the world. Things like, of course, being active parishioners, as you have a very active parish at St. Bridges, and I wanna hear more about that yes. here in a few moments. Mm. But the idea of with our families and growing in our faith and doing more and more in our lives, how important it is for us as families to pray, keep faith, and experience joy. You can help other families to do that very thing by providing ongoing information, education, resources that you only get on Catholic radio, like the Quest AM 1160. This is, you are listening to the Quest Atlanta Family Strong Spirit Drive. We only do this a couple times a year, and we do it because we need your help the phone number if you want to donate today is 470-508-1160 we need your help we need to raise fifty thousand dollars today two hundred thousand dollars is our goal for this week and we are well on our way but we still need your help you can become a founding member By the end of October, this program is going away, but founders donate $100 a month or more for three years and make the purchase of the station possible. You can do it in a lump sum. You can make it divided up annually, and time is running out for you to become a founder. As I said, we're going to be closing out this program to become a founder in October as we celebrate our first anniversary of the station purchase. The benefits of being a founder, as part of your Catholic legacy, you have uh, contributed to the purchase of a Metro-wide Atlanta radio station. You're going to be honored for your generosity on a plaque in the studio here at am 1160 and you'll receive a certificate designating you as a founder of am 1160 the quest plus a few other bonus things that we'll talk about later on on the program we're going to continue talking with uh father neil hurley today as we continue the quest spirit drive 470-508-1160 going to take a quick break look forward to hearing from you calling in making your pledge making your loving contribution to the quest here on the spirit drive i'm greg will it's more ahead. This is Father Neil w. Walla,
2: a priest of the Archdiocese of Atlanta, and this is my favorite prayer, the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to Thy protection, implored Thy help, or sought Thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto Thee, O Virgin of virgins, my Mother. To Thee do I come, before Thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in Thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. The Quest presents
0: Mom Minutes with Cameron Frad from Among the Lilies.
2: I think that we are so blessed as Catholics to have Mama Mary, okay? When my kids are little, they call her Mama Muh, and then eventually she becomes Mama Mary. We are so blessed with Blessed Virgin Mary, whatever name you want to call her. Um, she's amazing she's a mom she gets it right she totally gets it and she desires us to know and encounter her son so when you have had a hard day and you felt like you have failed today as a mom um, ask for her help when you don't know what to do for your child I turn to her and I'm like okay Mary I don't know what my son needs right now but you do so you please fill in the gaps fill in the pieces where, where I'm messing up here and you just be with them you help him you help her encourage them and lead them to your son let them know him love him and serve him and I think that we get to take advantage of that, which is really cool. Um, I am nowhere near as good of a mom as her, but I try, and by her grace, she will teach me how to be a good mom, too.
0: For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. AM
2: 1160 The Quest provides Catholic content 24-7. While you'll only find us on your radio dial from dawn to dusk, you can listen live anywhere, anytime on
0: thequestatlanta.com. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. Provide for today, that's a gift of knowledge, it teaches me to provide for today, but not undue concern
1: for tomorrow. Have a zest for life, but a desire for heaven. She God in all things, but no, that's what we don't know today. Today, God is our little buddy. Oh, he transcends the whole creation. He transcends everything he made. He's a different being. He's God. And then admire visible beauty without losing sight of the invisible source. I I need to see God in you, in, in the sunrise, the sunset. I have to see God in everything.
0: That's awesome. The people you know and trust are on EWTN.
2: This is Father Neil Dobliwala from St. Catherine of Siena Parish in Kennesaw, Georgia. You're listening to Atlanta Catholic Radio AM 1160 The Quest.
0: Well, welcome back. My name is Greg Willets from RosaryArmy.com and GregAndJennifer.com, and I am so honored and blessed to be your host for the next hour or two here on the Quest Radio's Atlanta Family Strong Spirit Drive. We need your support, 470-508-1160. I love you know working in in radio. Sometimes when when people literally do the thing that you used to see in old movies, where they come in, they hand you a piece of paper and say, "Breaking news, this just in." But literally, I was just handed a piece of paper that says, "This just in." That Play South Playground Creations just called, and they graciously donated something that is pretty awesome. And I'm a little concerned that my wife is going to be listening right now, and that she's going to be calling and 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 trying to get in on this but uh, honey I don't think that we're eligible for this but everyone else is that they have donated a hot air balloon ride for three people in support of our quest spirit drive and here's how it's going to work that you and two of your friends will soar above the North Georgia countryside and with the weather getting ready to change particularly with all the leaves and their brilliant colors coming up in the next few weeks I can't even imagine what this would look like from a hot air balloon. And if you want an opportunity to get in on this, everyone who signs up as a monthly donor of $20 or more, or if you become a founder before the chance to become a founder goes away, which that's going to happen at the end of October, but really it's your chance to be a founder this week because we're going to be drawing a winner on Friday of all of the people who sign up at the monthly level of two of $20 or more a month or if you become a founding member, your name is going to go into a drawing, and the, the winner and two of your friends will soar above the North Georgia countryside, courtesy of Play South Playground Creations. They're, they're the providers for your playground needs in the quest. Thanks, Play South Playgrounds, for their support of the Quest Spirit Drive. That's that's I gotta be honest, that's pretty amazing. I I I've always thought that oh, would be neat to go up in a hot air balloon, but the idea of doing it through the North Georgia countryside, that just sounds even more beautiful. Also, want to to share a couple of testimonies that this is just—I'm uh, so blown away by some of the things that people are saying. Uh, Cecilia, who became a founding member during the last hour. She just said that she's just overjoyed hearing the station. Cecilia, you are so sweet. God bless you for becoming a founding member. She's asking for prayers for her children, for those who have fallen away from the faith, those struggling with illness. Please be assured of prayers and that we're going to be continuing to offer up those prayers. And as a mass is offered up every month, our founding members' intentions are offered up during that time as well. And Father Tim, who you're going to be hearing Father Tim later on this week, looking forward to having him on the program, a good personal family friend, and looking forward to it. He said Catholic Radio has changed his life, and he became a monthly donor as well. So, uh, Father, remember that you and uh, two of your good friends get to go in the hot air balloon. Two of your good friends, Father, if you win, good friends, Father Tim, (laughs) This is your good friend Greg telling you this. So, anyway, now I'm just thank you so much for uh, everyone who's calling in and trying to win that. That's an amazing, amazing gift from PlaySouth Playground Creation. So, we'll continue to remind you of that. But you can call in right now if you want to be a part of this 470 508 1160. And just as we're talking about this, how awesome, Rita (laughs) Rita just called in and became a founder. Rita, God bless you for helping us out. That is such a huge help as we're trying to reach $50,000 today. I'm so pleased to be able to see that happening, to be a witness to the generosity of the people of the metro Atlanta area who love Catholic radio and all of the things that people are saying online, the quest testimonials that people have have left. Just Michelle from St. Peter and Paul, which, by the way, that was... The first school I attended, the school I was, or the the parish I was baptized at, she says it's the only thing I listen to during the day. And so uh, uh, Sue from Corpus Christi and Saint John Newman said, in a world filled with breaking news that highlights so much devastation and bad news, Catholic radio helps me live in the world while keeping my eyes and heart. On God the Father, Jesus our Savior, and the Holy Spirit. Well, thank you to both of you for your testimonials, and I'm sure we'll be hearing even more of those later on. want to give a thanks to Susan and Mark, and as I said, Rita, God bless you for being a founding member. Leonard called in. We had an anonymous donation. Bob and Pam, Barbara and Dave, thank you so much. Please keep those donations coming in. 470 470- five zero eight eleven sixty to make your pledge you can also go online to questatlanta.com and you can listen live of course but you can also make donations that way as well. Later on in today's program, or or during the Spirit Drive, we're also going to be speaking with Diane Guzman, talking about home enthronements later on. I'm looking forward to hearing about that, but joining me in the studio right now is Father Neil Hurley, who is the pastor at St. Bridget's Church. Father, tell us a little bit about St. Bridget's. Every parish has their own charism, has certain dynamics to it. What is it that makes St. Bridget such a special place to be?
1: Well, Greg, at St. Bridget, we believe in collaborative ministry. The priests, deacons, and laity working together to build up the kingdom of God. My primary responsibility as pastor is the Salvation of Souls. Mm. It's not going to meetings, it's not responding to emails, it's not writing letters. Now These are important parts of the administrative dimension of the ministry. They have to be done, but they they usually don't have to be done immediately. So the Salvation of Souls takes priority. Mm. So if we have three meetings scheduled and I get a call to a local hospital to go visit someone that's very sick, I have to reschedule those meetings. And the people may be upset for a couple of days, but they get over it. <laughs> but they would never get over it if I went and did not go to, to, to visit that that the that, that, that person that was sick and they died. Yeah. So I know where my priorities lie, and I make that very clear. We also emphasize that St. Bridget, perpetual adoration. It drives the spiritual vitality
0: of a parish, helps force the vocations, and outreach to those in need. Can we talk about that a little bit? Because that's, that's just one of my—I say it's one of my favorite subjects. It's a favorite subject because that— I can testify to the life-changing nature of that. And Archbishop Donahue, that was one of the things yes. that he brought to Atlanta. He said, we're going to have more per- perpetual adoration or hours of adoration, but yes. perpetual adoration is yeah. a preference. And, and, How long has St. Bridget had perpetual adoration?
1: Oh, we, we just had our 16th anniversary. Really? Yes.
0: That's phenomenal. And, and again, I, I always love thinking about the people who just happen to be driving around. They're tired of listening to whatever it is that they might have tuned into their radios, and they just hit scan. And just to see what comes up. And it can almost be guaranteed that someone right now is listening that that did that very thing. And maybe just discovered the quest today. Something compelled them to tune into 1160. Something compelled them maybe earlier this week to, to turn on the station. And they've just been listening and they've been curious. And they're hearing all these strange words that they've never heard before. And they hear something like perpetual adoration, what, what in the world could that possibly be? Maybe explain that, because again, the Eucharist being the source and summit of our faith, right, yeah. really, could we ever explain it enough? I don't think we could. So every time we talk about it and give a definition and, and, and yeah. illustrate that for someone, yeah. I think it's just one more opportunity for someone to find Jesus. Talk, can you talk about what is perpetual adoration of the Blessed Sacrament?
1: Perpetual adoration is ha- actually having Jesus present when you go to reflect At your local church, Mm. the presence of Jesus, the Eucharist, is there right in front of you. It makes you gaze on His presence. It makes you appreciate His presence. It makes you truly appreciate your call to discipleship. Mm. It gives you time to reflect on what you are and how you go about living your your Catholic life. It's so amazing that it changes lives. Mm. People adore Jesus in their monstrance. They realize the presence of Jesus what it means that Jesus is present for you. it helps you clarify your your thinking it helps you clarify your approach to life. It has a tremendous impact on on people it helps p- promote vocations as i said hmm. it helps promote your 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 spiritual development and 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 guide you on your spiritual journey the The presence of jesus is, is has a remarkable impact on on people's spiritual lives. I compare it to receiving Jesus in the Eucharist. When you come up to receive Jesus in the Eucharist, you have Jesus in you. It's, mm-hmm. That moment is very It's one of the most important things that, that, that we do as priests. It's, it's my favorite thing to, 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 to distribute Holy Communion, mm-hmm. to let people realize you just received Jesus. He's in you. You have to be. You're challenged to be his disciple, to follow his way of thinking, to follow his way of life. He came to teach us how to live, to teach us how to love, to teach us how to serve, to teach us how to forgive. He's teaching us. You have Jesus in you. Go out and live this, live the Mass when you leave this holy place. So I tie the Eucharist adoration into the receiving the, the Eucharist uh, at Mass. I think they're very, very much uh, 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 together in in the way we approach our faith.
0: Yeah. So if someone is listening right now and they think, okay, this sounds really appealing, I'd like I'd like to experience that. So they might be thinking it's, it's got to be very complicated to to go and do something. How does one go to St. Bridget's, for example, to a perpetual adoration Greg, chapel? How does one go to adoration for the first time?
1: Greg, you, you just show up, and the, 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 the Jesus is present in the in, in the monstrance, and you see His presence before you, and you just stay there five minutes, ten minutes, an hour. You reflect on what it means to have Jesus present hmm. before you. How what it means to have Jesus present in your life. And it has a profound effect on people's spiritual lives and their spiritual approach to life. Hmm. So, we, 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 Eucharistic adoration, there's no magic to it. It's, it's, it's being in presence, being present with Jesus in a very special moment, a very special time in your life, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour, that, that presence of having Jesus before you truly makes you appreciate your call to discipleship and challenges you to, hmm. to live as Jesus lived.
0: You know, as, as a cradle Catholic, that never really had the Eucharist explained to me. I received the Eucharist every week, body of Christ, amen. I'd receive Jesus, pop it in my mouth as if it was a tic-tac. Wouldn't think much about it. And then in my mid-20s and marriage does this to you and having kids, you start to really say, I I need more than what I'm receiving. And the idea of adoration and, and the Eucharist and truly understanding Eucharistic adoration and, and the, the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist Wanting to know that, but still the connection between my brain and heart wasn't quite there to go and sit in front of the Eucharist. And I belong to St. Pius, <clears throat> excuse me, parish in Conyers. Once a month, first Fridays, we'd have adoration of the blessed sacrament. And I would walk in in my way of going in. And so this is encouragement to anyone who has doubts or questions. I would walk in and literally my prayer for about an hour inside my head was, are you really there? Are you really there? Are you really there? And just help me understand. And over time, and overexposure. It's just like dating someone. You get to know them the more time you spend with them. Father Neil Hurley, he joining us here on The Quest for this ongoing spirit drive this week, 470-508-1160. We'd love to have your support of this ongoing effort of Catholic Radio. The amazing programs that we air on The Quest each and every day. I want to share with you a clip from Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo. Christ is the Answer can be heard every weekday, Monday through Friday, at 8 a.m. Eastern, right here on The Quest. Take a listen to Father John Ricardo.
2: Someone who hasn't been to church in a long time and is coming back, should that person receive the Eucharist or not? Which goes as well with if the Eucharist is healing, and Christ says, come as you are, why do we need to go to confession? Christ actually never says, come as you are. That might be a song that we sing, but he doesn't say that. We say that. He doesn't. I have a copy of an article, an interview actually, with Cardinal Ratzinger from a set of years ago, who's now Pope Benedict. And he has a great line in this here somewhere where he talks about the shock of coming forward for the Eucharist. He says, To receive communion means to expose oneself to the fire of Christ's nearness and thus to the demand of conversion. That's a great line. To receive communion means to expose oneself to the fire of Christ's nearness and thus to the demand of conversion. Yesterday's reading from Hebrews spoke about striving for that holiness without which no one will see God. St. Augustine was fond of saying, though we sin daily, that doesn't mean that you have to sin deadly. Someone asked the question about mortal and venial sin. We all have an abundance of venial sin in our lives. Hopefully we don't have an abundance of mortal sin. Mortal sin comes from 1 John. If you flip to uh, 1 John chapter 5, John writes, There is sin which is mortal or deadly. Then he goes on to say, All wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin which is not mortal or sin which is not deadly. Sin which is not mortal we call venial. So for a sin to be mortal, the catechism teaches us that it must be grave. That's the first thing, which means it's got to be substantial. It's against the commandments and all that Jesus expands the commandments to be. I have to have full knowledge. I have to have full freedom. When I know something is gravely wrong, I know it and I freely do it, that's deadly sin. And when I've committed deadly sin, the ordinary way for being restored to grace so that I can come back to communion is confession, the ordinary way. God is not bound by the sacrament. So, for example, the non Catholic who doesn't know about confession, well, then obviously they're not bound to confession. But rather than see that as the better way versus us, I wouldn't think that way at all. In fact, I would challenge us in thinking that way. It's a better thing to encounter the Lord sacramentally and to hear the words of absolution and to receive the grace which comes from the sacraments than it is to not do that. The moment you get that, you understand the beauty of the sacraments. So long as we're thinking, gosh, wouldn't it be great if we didn't have to go to confession, we don't understand what the sacraments are about. The real encounters with Jesus It's his ministry in space and time carried on now in a sacramental dimension. That's the beauty of them. So what we read about in the Gospels, like for example the paralytic who's lowered down through the roof, and Jesus says, I forgive you, that very same event is what happens when you and I come to confession. So it really doesn't matter how I feel. It's not dependent on my feelings. The man might have been carried away, well he actually walked away, that day not feeling any different. Didn't matter. He was different. He was not only cured physically, he was cured spiritually. He was forgiven. To go back to uh, the question precisely, if anyone is aware of mortal sin, and in in order for it to be mortal, you must be aware of it, so if you know that there is something that you are in need of going to confession for, then you shouldn't receive communion. That's why it's troubling that the lines for communion are so much longer than the lines for confession. It's amazing how many people just don't know that it's a serious sin to miss Mass on Sunday. So well, if you didn't know that, well then it can't be mortal. But if you've ever listened to me, you know that now. So that excuse is gone. It's grave. You know it's grave. Now, you know, unless you've got pneumonia or something serious, not your kid has a soccer game, that's mortal sin to miss Mass. And so the proper response before you come back to communion, not before you come back to Mass, because that would be another mortal sin, but before you come back to communion is to come to confession if you're not able to get to confession then the proper thing to do and people do this
0: welcome back to the quest spirit drive 470-508-1160 i'm greg will it's your host for the next hour or so here as we're continuing to raise funds to be able to continue this important work of evangelization on the air in the metro atlanta area we'd love to be able to hear from you during this hour as we're speaking with father neil hurley he 470-508-1160 want to give a thanks to susan as well as susan and mark of course rita who became one of our founding members thank you rita leonard and more who have called in during this hour we'd love to hear from you 470-508-1160 and as we said this is pretty exciting that uh courtesy of play south playground creations they've graciously donated a hot air balloon ride for three people in support of our quest spirit drive and that will allow you and two of your friends to soar above the north georgia countryside the beautiful leaves are going to be changing very soon imagine that while you're up in a hot air balloon, you can sign up to be a monthly donor of $20 or more or become a founder before the chance to be a founder goes away. And, and for all of those people who are monthly donors of 20 or more or become a founder this week, that we're going to put all the names in a hat. We're going to draw a winner on Friday and play South Creations. They provide all your playground needs, and they uh, are just so, 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 so generous to be able to offer that to the Quest in support of the Quest Spirit Drive. So thank you for that make sure you're calling in 470-508-1160 to be able to be a part of that or make a donation of any size. Now, Father, we want to continue talking about the work that you do at St. Bridget's, and and a little bit more of your own background. And we're talking about Eucharist and Eucharistic Adoration. And tell us a little bit about that and the tie into your own vocational story.
1: Well, Greg, I spent many hours, many hours before the Blessed Sacrament discerning uh, the possibility of a priesthood, and it had a profound impact on me. It gave me a chance to really discern what the Lord was, uh, was wanting f- for me for my life, what he was expecting of me as I answered my call to discipleship, was I really being called to this vocation? And I was. And uh, uh, as I said, I love being a priest. It's challenging at times, difficult at times, but very rewarding. And I thank God each day for the gift of my vocation. In addition to, to perpetual adoration, we also let St. Bridget emphasize the sacrament of reconciliation. We offer it four times a week plus by appointment, and we make it clear that none of us are perfect. Jesus' apostles weren't perfect. He doesn't realistically expect us to be perfect, hmm. but he does expect us and challenge us to make spiritual progress. And we make it clear that when we sin, it doesn't necessarily mean we're bad people. It means we're missing the mark, and we have to get back on track. We remind people that the sacrament's are here to heal, not to condemn, it's here to get us closer and closer. The Lord loves us only wants the best for us. And no matter how great our sins are, his mercy is even greater if we are truly sorry for what we have done. In addition to uh, reconciliation, we also uh, challenge our parishioners to embrace what we call spiritual stewardship. The Lord created us in the image and likeness, and he wants us to use our hearts, spines, bodies, and tongues for his own glory, not for our own gratification or self-satisfaction. Our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. So we tell our people that... that, uh, that uh, uh, we, we are called to see our hearts, minds, bodies, and tongues not just as parts of our, our anatomy but more importantly as gifts from the Lord. Gifts that should be cherished, gifts should be nurtured, gifts that should, should, should be embraced, and we challenge them to be better stewards better, better better guardians of these wonderful gifts, for example, when we give in to selfish thoughts or lustful thoughts we 're not being good stewards of our minds. Mm. We have to realize that when we when we engage in gossip or when we engage in inappropriate or bad language we 're not being good stewards of our tongues. When we uh, eat too much or drink too much, we're not being the good suits of our bodies. It's very simple, but we have to remind people we need to be better guardians, better stewards of these wonderful gifts that the Lord the Lord's given to us. And as an encouragement to that, we we, we we suggest that our people do a brief examination of conscience each night, uh, maybe two minutes or so, very brief, but ask themselves honestly: Have I been a good steward of my mind? If I have been a good steward of my tongue, a good steward of my body? Uh, it's simple questions. But it gives them pause time, pause, time to reflect. So, perpetual adoration, reconciliation, and spiritual stewardship are the three things that truly drive a faith community.
0: Hmm. And, and you talked a little bit also about the the other things about your parish and, and your parish events that you have coming up too.
1: Oh, absolutely, yes. Uh, uh, just uh, uh, this past week, uh, we. We had a very successful drive to recruit more guardians for perpetual adoration i said it had a profound impact on on my vocation and it really drives the spiritual vitality of of, of a parish and uh, this upcoming weekend we celebrate priesthood sunday and as a parish community we continue to ask our lord to send us happy holy and healthy priests to guide the church of tomorrow this week we this weekend we also have a ministry fair and we encourage our parishioners to participate in a a vibrant parish ministries we stress Ministry cooperation, ministry interaction, not ministry rivalry. And we had a new addition this year. We, we added the the, uh, the attraction of Catholic schools being able to participate in, a, in, a, in our uh, ministry fair, and mm. we got responses from eight Catholic schools that want to participate. Wow, wow. Also, just for Ulysses to know, we also have a booth for the Quest, and they'll be represented also. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic.
0: Again, we'd love to be able to hear from you during this hour. The phone number is 470 508 1160. Speaking right now with Father Neil Hurley, he he is the pastor of St. Bridget Church. 470 508 1160. Maybe you'd like to call in and make a donation to the Quest in honor of Father Neil, particularly looking to all of you. Parishioners at St. Bridget's, time to your your time is running out for you to be able to represent your parish and the good work that's being done at St. Bridget's. We'd love to be able to hear from you. Josh and Jennifer is called in, Janet's called in, and called in. Thank you all. We'd love to hear from you. 470 508 1160. Also, uh, and Harry's called in, Bob and Steph called in, uh, as well as Matt Curry, Ed, and Christine K. Boy, I tell you what, Father, a lot of people are doing this in your honor. Jim and Linda Sellers, Bob and Pam, Maureen, the Knights of Columbus have made a $500 donation to the Quest on behalf of of, uh, you as well as St. Bridget's. And Bill, who is joining us here briefly to talk about that donation. Go ahead, Bill. Welcome. Father Neil. we wanted to make sure that the Knights of Columbus, um, who are a big supporter of the Quest, um, and we we volunteer a lot here too. We wanted to present you with this five hundred dollar check from all the brother knights at St. Bridget in honor of you and all the work that you do for us and support that you give us. Fantastic, Bill. Uh, uh, fantastic. I'm going to give the bell for that. That is that is tremendous. And and what a blessing it is and to know that the Knights of Columbus obviously very active in your parish as well. Yes.
1: Thank you, Bill, for all you do and all the knights do. the wonderful wonderful group of men that will do anything for our parish to uh, build the kingdom of God on, on earth and we appreciate all they do and, and they continue to do for us.
0: Thank you, Bill. Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. Susan and Mark also made a donation. Janet, Ramel and Leonard. What a tremendous blessing it is all in your honor, father. I mean, it's like it's obvious that again, when you see the fruit of our humble efforts of showing up to help to do work, uh, in this, this, the pastures for God the way that he can bring up so much fruit and what a blessing it is for all of those donations to come in uh, just incredibly humbling 4705081160 as we're continuing this hour you know going back to talking about St. Bridget's and how many years have you been there now father
1: I'm in my 7th year now
0: 7th year yeah, yeah. over 80 ministries i read at St. Yes. Bridget's yes. 80 ministries uh, you have very active Christ for News parish. You have all sorts of other things going on. How vital would you say w- has Catholic media been to the parishioners to help them to grow in their faith? Even though you have all these ministries, still people are constantly seeking. How has Catholic media, Catholic radio uh, had an impact on the people of your parish?
1: Oh, it has a vibrant impact. Uh, as you can see, many of the volunteers here at the Quest are for St. Bridget parishioners. Hmm. We fully support Catholic radio, we support the the goals of Catholic radio. I don't get a chance to listen to radio as often as I'd like, but I know there's there's a lot of a lot on the airways which has little or no substance to it. And Catholic radio is inspirational, it's educational, helps people grow in their knowledge and understanding of the faith. Catholic radio, especially eleven sixty AM the quest, is a blessing to our Atlanta faith community.
0: Hmm. Uh, and I can't agree more. It's it's just one of those things that if we didn't have this kind of resource and for so many years we didn't, that So many people struggle to find those answers and they might go elsewhere for it. When we have right in our faith, the source and summit of our faith in the Eucharist, we have, you talked about confession a little while ago. And that's, again, another one of those things that someone might be tuning in and listening and maybe they've fallen away from the faith. And to hear about the sacraments again, that God puts these yearnings in us for the sacraments. He puts something in us that draws us to him and the sacraments are ways for us to grow and, and to be reconciled to him. And how many people would you say, come in for confession that have been away from the church for a while.
1: Greg, I said that um, uh, distributing the Eucharist is uh, uh, probably my most uh, uh, rewarding uh, role as a priest. Also, extremely rewarding is bringing someone back to the faith that's been away 20, 30 years. And Mm -hmm. we have that many times and confession reconciliation is a big part of that we explain what reconciliation is hmm. it, it it's not punitive it, it's not to punish people it, it's good to it, it's either get them close to close and lo- loves them and only wants the best from them it's either to heal not to condemn yeah and when they hear that compassionate tone when they see it in real life when they see people waiting online to to to, to basically bear their soul and admit that they're sinners because the lord came to call sinners not the self-righteous it changes their lives, and they come in. We talk to them. We, we take them step by step through the process. It doesn't happen overnight in most cases, but people have been away from the church come back, and we see them it's, uh, Sunday after Sunday coming back on a regular basis. It's so rewarding. It's, so, uh, so, uh, uh, it's, it's such a good thing to see people coming back and embracing the faith that they had left for whatever reason for whatever length of time. Confession, reconciliation is a very powerful sacrament, uh, very much underappreciated. Mm. And and we try to make it clear that confession is to heal, not to condemn. It's here to get us closer and closer. As I said, the Lord loves us, Someone wants the best for us. We try to bring people in. We don't want to push them. We want to bring them in. Yeah. We want them to, to adhere to the teaching of the Catholic Church, understand the teachings, and embrace the teachings. Right. That's also a challenge and an invitation. And, and we like it when people accept that challenge, accept an invitation, and return to the faith. In addition to reconciliation, uh, I just want to mention a a couple other uh, items that are coming up in in, in our church that I think are very appropriate for your listeners. Sure,
0: please do. Um, uh,
1: The first weekend of October, uh, uh, we will have at St. Bridget a mass and reception for those couples in the archdiocese celebrating 50th or or 60 years of, of marriage. This was an annual celebration started by Archbishop Gregory many years ago, And this year, uh, Bishop uh, Kevin Boland, the retired Bishop Savannah, will be the principal celebrant at at the Mass. And the celebration and reception is coordinated by the Archdiocese of of Atlanta. That same weekend, uh, we will celebrate Respect Life Sunday and we'll participate in a life chain, which will take place right in front of our church on Old Alabama Road. We get about 150 uh, of our parishioners to to come and and some visitors. And uh, we also have um, a Holy Hour for Life, it shows our support for the sanctity of life, which unfortunately in our society gets taken for granted so often. So this is just in the last the next couple of weeks, you could see the spiritual vitality of our parish. We uh, we have a vibrant uh, community, and it's a Catholic community, uh, and and uh, we we we're, we're we're so blessed to have wonderful priests, deacons, and staff to lead lead our parishioners. and and truly guide the church as, as we continue on the journey of faith
0: well father neil hurley it has been just such a blessing to hear about your own vocation story your own connection to the eucharist the way that your vocation has blessed the parish of saint bridget all the wonderful things are coming from that parish thank you so much for being a part of the spirit drive today
1: Greg, it was my privilege to be here, and I thank you and, and, and Jennifer and all that you do f- to build the, the the kingdom of God here on earth.
0: Well, I appreciate that. Please, please, on behalf of Father Neil, if you would call in right now, 470-508-1160, if you would like to make a donation to the Quest. On his behalf, we would so appreciate it. We're trying to raise $50,000 today with a grand total of the week of $200,000. And we are well on our way, but we still have a ways to go. Every amount helps. Everything that you send our way is a blessing. Again, that number is 470-508-1160. Don't forget you have that opportunity if you're a monthly donor of $20 or more or you become one of our founding members that you, your name will be entered into a drawing. For this Friday, we'll be giving away for you and two of your friends a Ride in a hot air balloon for three people in support of the Quest Spirit Drive over the North Georgia countryside, courtesy of Play South Playground Creations. So make sure you're calling in right now, 470-508-1160. I'm Greg Willets. More still ahead. We're going to be talking about home enthronements in the next hour. I'm very excited for that and look forward to hearing from you as well. The Spirit Drive for the Quest Atlanta Family Strong AM eleven sixty spirit drive. It's continuing in just a few moments.